Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Janae. Before we get to Janae, I want to give some announcements, and that is to visit our website, which is TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there. Check out some stories that I've written, some stories that uh, some of the guests have written. Check out uh, links to their social media and links to our social media. And by that, of course, I mean Instagram. Follow us at Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Podcast on Facebook, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. You can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. There are links to iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And I ask, as always, if you're on iTunes, to please give us a good rating because that helps people find the show and boosts our presence. And that's a cool thing to do. So if you can do that, I would appreciate it. I hope you're having a good week, and I hope if you're out there traveling somewhere that you're traveling safely and uh, you're showing some adventurous spirit, which I always encourage on here. I always like people to get out of their comfort zone and get out there and see the world, or heck, see the country you're living in, see the uh, the next town over, whatever it is, to get, get up, get out there. And uh, see some things and meet some people. It's always a good thing. And speaking of getting out there and seeing people, this episode was actually recorded while I was out there on the road in Europe. This was recorded during my seven-week vacation, well, vacation-slash-work-slash-adventure in Europe. And I was recording this on the Algarve Coast in a town called Albufera, which is uh, on the Algarve coast, and it's known as kind of a party spot for uh, drunken Brits on the weekends. And a lot of bachelorette parties and bachelor parties and that kind of thing. Stag and hen parties, as the Brits like to call them. But um, yeah, there was a lot of of drunken British uh, action there, but we had a good time. And uh, Janae was on the road. I've known Janae for a long time. She's a uh, former comedian that I met while... uh, living in L.A., and she's got an interesting story. She moved to Phoenix. Uh, She bought a house there. She started her own uh, business, online business, and when she's not uh, doing her business at at home, she Airbnbs her house and leaves and has lived in various places uh, around the world for like a month here, a month there, whatever it is, a few weeks there. And this is how she sees the world. And so she just so happened to be living in southern Spain when I was traveling through. And I said, hey, if you're going to the Algarve, I'm thinking of going to the Algarve. Let's uh, let's meet up. So we got an Airbnb in this town. She had a car. She drove over from Spain. And uh, we met up. And we spent like five days just hanging out in uh, Portugal. And we drove around a bunch, saw a lot of the Algarve coast, which is really, really gorgeous. We were both really impressed with it. The beaches were wonderful, uh, not too expensive. The food was good. So we were both big fans, and we both uh, agreed that uh, we would be back. Uh, maybe not at the, <laughs> at the same time, but uh, we would both return to the Algarve Coast and Portugal in general. I've always been a big fan of. 
So here we go, recorded in our cavernous uh, two-bedroom Airbnb in Albufera, Portugal. Here is the lovely and charming Janae. I mean, was it about, uh, you don't like your last name or is it for like show business purposes? Oh, oh, I'll tell you the reason I stopped. I used to use my last name on stage as a stand-up comic. And then I had um, my identity stolen. This was years ago. And I had some creeper audience. Mem- I had several situations. Um, yeah, with creepy guys. So I stopped using my last name. So Janae. For the last, the <laughs> pronounce it with the accent. Okay, I think. What? Oh, really? Janae. Is there a different? Am I doing that wrong? No, it's fine. Janae, Janae, Janae. Yes. Okay. Jenae. Yes. It's very French. It's very, very lovely. It's fake French. It was. It was supposed to be Renee, and then my siblings were all Jays. So I got my mom made it up. It's the only fancy thing my mom has ever done in her whole life. <laughs> she gave me the name Janae. So you are an LA native. Valley girl, That's totally. Some people don't consider that L.A., but just own it. It's the valley. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm Valley girl. The other valley, Kaneo Valley. Proud, very proud of Kaneo Valley. Right. So you are now living in Phoenix, and uh, for how long adjacent. are you doing that? Phoenix adjacent. <laughs> uh, I don't want to seem more impressive than I am. It's not actually Phoenix. It's right. adjacent. I should paint the scenario here. We are in our Airbnb. <laughs> Which is uh, two two bedroom Airbnb with um, I in uh, we are with Albufera, Portugal in the Algarve coast. Very lovely. Um, you have curtains in your room. <laughs> I I don't. Uh, you, you have got the big bed. I got a no. I don't. Yeah, you got a queen bed. I got twin. Okay, well, still. I thought I was being nice by giving you that room, and would, you were bitching about the curtains. and. Like, I would trade it for and uh, closets and curtains. The, the nail that you uh, hung yeah, your I'm, shirt I'm, on. Hanging my shirt on a nail. <laughs> and as he's living at the coffee yes. shop to get a few minutes of Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but it had parking, which, which we, we haven't used. <laughs> which we haven't used. And uh, the one thing we wanted the most of is uh, Wi-Fi don't have it. But other than that, it's been lovely. So, uh, huge, don't, don't forget this huge living room that we're in. Yeah, this cavernous uh, room that's echoing right now. So uh, you just happen to be living in Spain temporarily. For how long? A month you were in Spain, and I'm traveling through. So this just kind of happened. And pretty- thank you for letting me tag along with you, or you tag along with me. I don't know what's the... How did this happen? No, I'm... St- Stoked this. Oh, I mean, for anybody who wants to know the backstory, is we've known each other about twenty years now, yeah. which is amazing because I'm only twenty nine. That's so well, yeah. You started very young in the business. Very young, and um, and so we've been friends, and we've always had an interest in travel. And when you know, and whenever I've traveled, I've always contacted Mike and been like, "Hey, how? <laughs> where should I go? These places?" And you've been like my travel guru. And then it just worked out that this trip, so I was going to spend a couple months in Spain and, and I had said, um, and you mentioned you were going to be in Europe and I was like, you know, I also want to go to the Algarve and maybe Morocco. And you're like, I've never been to the Algarve and we're just coordinated our trip. So it was wonderful. Yeah. So I want to like, everybody's out there wondering and they always ask about people who, uh, travel all the time. 
How can you afford to uh, do this? What's your standard answer? Okay, well, first of all, anybody who wants to travel, you have to stop saying, you have to stop saying, I can't travel because, and you have to start saying, what do I have to do to make travel possible? Because I think once you make it a priority in your life, it becomes very easy to incorporate it. So, okay, so my personal story, it's it really took off... Um, I got kind of lucky. I bought a house in Phoenix at the bottom of the market. So it was like $10 for a house. And then, <laughs> nice deal. Pr- yeah, pretty much. I haven't paid it off yet. Soon. <laughs> um, but so I rent it out and there's a couple of seasons a year, like in the fall and the spring where um, we have like baseball, spring training, fall training. I'm able to rent my house out for like a month or two. And so when my house is rented out, I have to go somewhere. So I usually go away for a month or two. And then on top of that, I started a business um, a couple years ago. Oh, can I plug that? Oh, plug away. Oh, hey, plug. So it's a handmade shawl business. Um, It's a very unique shawl with an adjustable drawstring neckline. It's great for Mother's Day. You happen to be wearing one right now. I happen to be wearing one right now because it got slightly slightly chilly on our last night now that it's October in Portugal. And chilly for uh, Janae is 72 (laughs) degrees, just so you know. Easily, yes. And... um, so, and the, the company name is Zici, Z-I-I-C-I. So anyway, so... Is there I, a website somebody could visit for Zici, something like that? You could, Zici.com, or you can find it on Amazon. But so this business, I started it a few years ago, and then um, it's it's as I can produce these shawls while I'm home. So I work like crazy for like five months, and then I ship them all to Amazon, and then I can go away for a couple months, and Amazon does all the shipping. So it has been like... It has like changed my life. It wasn't, this was not my dream career, but it's kind of my dream life right now. So in the last couple of years you've been doing this business, uh, give us a, like, how many places have you gone? Give us just a little uh, sampling of all the places you've been since. Um, okay. The travel really started to take off a couple, actually this is before I started the business. I did a three month stint. Um, I did like a work exchange at a yoga retreat in Costa Rica, and that was beautiful. And so basically, when I was doing that, I had an online job, and then I was also doing writing work for this um, yoga retreat. And um, and so then they covered like the room and board and yoga and all that stuff, and it was really beautiful. So I did that for like three months, and that was when I had like no money. So that is why when people say, oh, you can't travel with no money, I'm like, no, I had no money. And, um, and then, okay. So last summer with this business going, I was able to, um, spend, um, a couple months in Italy with some visits to at the time, Portugal and London, and then which one's a country, one's a city, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, I just, you're not being graded here. Okay. Thank you. I do get nervous with you. Um, <laughs> and, um, cause Mike has spent the last week just <laughs> giving me shit about no, it. Are, am I allowed to cuss on this? Yeah, what, no, what, what network is this going to air on? Yeah. Is this NBC? <laughs> you wish. <laughs> wish there was a network. I don't know what FCC regulations are for podcasts. For, yeah. Um, okay, so that was Italy last summer, and then earlier this year, I spent um, like three months throughout Southeast Asia. Love that. I did... Um, Oh my gosh, the highlight was probably I spent a week um, in Thailand as uh, volunteering at Elephant Nature Park, which is absolutely amazing. Um, you just get to hang out and watch elephants all day long, and it's cooler than it even sounds. Is that north up by Chiang Mai? That's up by Chiang Mai, and oh God, I loved it, and I, w- I would love to do that again. And then I kind of just visited 
you know, I spent a month in Bali and then just visit a whole bunch of countries. It's so easy to just hop a flight there. Like there's all these things that I just planned at the spur of moment. Oh, I'll just go to Vietnam. And it's not because I'm rich, but because it's so cheap and easy to do that there. So, and then now, um, the reason I'm in Spain, I follow like these, um, websites that have all the, um, special deals all the time. And so, um, I found an airfare to Barcelona round trip for $390. I love a bargain Wait, from Phoenix, from Phoenix. Wait, round trip for $390. $390. So I just bought it. It was like an impulse buy. I'm like, well, I'm going to go in the fall. So that's how I ended up here. And then I've kind of, and then it turned into a road trip. And so it was just, I don't know what happened here, but in Valencia, I got a car and then I just kept keeping the car and then I drove to Portugal. And now I'm, and after this, I'll be driving back to Spain to finish up the country. What are, what are your what are the things you really look for when you pick a, a, a location? I know you've been saying this week that you're not really a city person. So what what's your thing? And I know you're not a cold weather person. So are those like the two main things? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Seriously, one of the main priorities is warmth. So if I go somewhere in the spring, I'm going tropical or I'm going below the equator. I like it warm. <laughs> um I like, oh, I just like, um, I like something that's very different from what I'm used to. I don't want to be in another place that's just like home. Um, I love medieval towns with like little streets with little <laughs> tiny restaurants that have like three tables outside. I love that. I love the tropics. So tell me about this, uh, town in Italy you were at, I think it was last year, right? Yes. It was, it wasn't Bologna. But it was right outside of Bologna, or you were in Bologna? Where uh, were you? I did spend a month in Bologna. I also spent a month in Ferrara, which is about a half an hour train ride north of Bologna. Loved it. Oh my gosh. It was like that dream Italian city. Like, so adorable and quaint and so authentic Italian. And I was there for 30 days and did not hear anybody speak English <laughs> for a month. And I just spent my month, like, meeting locals. And they would, we would go to lunch together. We would, they would take me to the beach or whatever. And I loved it. So, it was so, like, chick flick, like, rom-com. You pray love. Yeah, like, oh, I loved it. Like, let's throw powder in each other's faces and make <laughs> pasta. I don't know, whatever you do and <laughs> make clay uh, pot like a ghost. You know, you got to have pot. like the you got Oh, jeez. Yeah. Hi, I just That's broke right. the show. It's all right. I just hit the microphone. Um no, just the whole like yeah, there's always a montage in the chick right, flick. Right. And there's a fi- there's always an asshole guy who then for some reason I'm going to fall in love with him and that didn't happen, but <laughs> Yeah, so, I, I'm always chasing the rom-com. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's your key? If you, if you show up at these towns in the middle of nowhere, and you're in this little Italian village, and you don't... I don't know how your Italian is, but, you know, speaking to people can be tough. So what do you do? You just go to a local... You find a local tavern or something, and then you just start talking to people? What's your way to meet people? Um... I would say bars and restaurants, I guess, would probably be the best way. Um, a good bar that you can saddle up to with a good bartender. And then people are like, oh, who's this woman speaking English? But in places like Italy, too, just dining alone, 
other people are like, wait, what is this? Like if I'm in a kind of a nice restaurant and they, they find that very strange that I'm it's dining. It's not common for a woman to, in most of the world, to go out alone, especially drink alone. Yeah, it doesn't phase me. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> well, you're American Whatever. too. Yeah. I mean, but. So I have a lot of people, they'll be at the next table and they start up a conversation and they want to know, well, what's your story? Why are you here? And, and then I've just met, I've met a lot of couples. I mean, I just met a lot of people that way. It's so. also a great way to meet a lot of creeps too, who approach you. How do you, how do you fend off this? And do you have any stories about being, you know, approached in a weird way? My personality just turns people off pretty easily. So that's not like really difficult. I just, yeah, I just be myself. I weed most people out. (laughs) So that's the, actually the nice thing about the language barriers. Maybe, um, I, I seem nicer. Because I have dimples, so I seem nicer in another language, maybe. But sometimes, you know, there's a lot of cultures think that if a woman's sitting there drinking by herself, maybe she's working in some way. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you should mention that, because I did have a little situation like that when I... Okay, so my first um, week in Spain, I went right to Mallorca, which is a beautiful island. Um, I was there last year, very lovely. You were there just last year? I was there last year, yeah. Um, so I went to this place that had this, um, oh, it was very cool. It was like uh, wine tasting. Like you you buy a card and you just, you could just, it's like wine on tap and you could just choose which yeah, one. Yeah, anyway, yeah. so I'm sitting, I sit down at like this, like a barrel table thing. And then this guy asks if he could sit down. Okay. And then his friend comes over. These are older guys from like Sweden or something. And, um, and then one of them buys a bottle of wine, keeps pouring my glass. I'm like, hey, okay, I'm, I'll drink free wine. <laughs> and then as the one guy in the middle is getting drunker and drunker, and, and we're actually we're having a very nice conversation, me and the other guy. But then the middle guy, then out of nowhere, he calls me a Mallorcan hooker. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute, are you being serious? Like, I, mean, I can take a joke. Call me a Mallorcan hooker, which Mike has done a lot in the last week. <laughs> I can take it. But and that was before I heard the story. <laughs> yeah, that was the funny thing about it. Uh, <laughs> um, so it was like, you know, what? And so at that point, I was just like, okay, well, I think it's my time to go. <laughs> like, it's not even like, and I, I wasn't even dressed like a Mallorcan hooker on that particular <laughs> night. You know, other nights, sure, other nights, of course, and I, you know, I understand that, but I right. was fairly conservatively dressed, and um, this guy was just so drunk that it came out of nowhere, and his friend was mortified, like, where is this coming from? But. You know what? I was done drinking anyway, so it was a good excuse to leave. So I was okay with it. Like, I'm, yeah, I, my feelings don't get hurt easily. <laughs> so, whatever. So, have any of these uh, road uh, vacation romances ever blossomed into anything longer? Yeah, we're not going there. <laughs> I, if I'm going there, you're going oh, well, there. Yeah, Are we well, going to share swap stories? Well, no, uh, nobody ever called me a hooker. <laughs> Mike the hooker. Maybe, yeah. Well, you know, the, the week is still young. I will put, I'll put this out there. Anything that's on like my Facebook page, I never share my romantic life on Facebook. So some people are like, oh my God, your travels are so fun. All this is great. And I'm like, oh yeah, none of the good stuff is on there. <laughs> so yeah, if I ever post like pictures of guys on my Facebook page, it's a friend. <laughs> yeah, nothing happened there. I will say for someone who travels as much as you do, you, you, you pretty much limit your Facebook uh, postings and everything in your friends list to really friends, right? You don't take in a lot of strangers. 
No. Um, no, I, I guess you've, you've been burned with your identity and everything else in creeps before. That's part of it, but it's also just time consuming. And like, I've had people I've added that I barely knew. And it's like, why? I, just, I like to keep my friends list small and actually people that I'll, I'll look at their pages and stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's too hard to navigate 5,000 people. I've got, you know, a few hundred, which still seems like a lot. <laughs> So I remember when you were going on your your first big trips, you had mentioned, I think, that you were trying to write a book or something. Is that still happening? Or do you see any of these adventures morphing into something like that? That actually came out of one trip where things, you, you're you kind of promised something and it didn't turn out the way it was. I'm going to kind of maybe not go into detail on what that story was. But... Um, and so kind of as in a way to turn it into something positive, I, I came up with this story idea and, and just in sort of a fit of OCD, I like <laughs> wrote like 80,000 words of this story in like a month. And, um, and then at the time, yeah, I had to, this was right before I actually started my business. So I needed money. So I have not finished it, but I'm like ridiculously close to it, but I like the story. So I would like to finish it. But it's kind of one of those things, yeah, you have to prioritize. And right now, work is the priority. So no thoughts of ever, like, doing stand-up again or going back to performing? Uh, I think I loved being a stand-up comic. I love being on stage. Um, but there's so much more. People don't realize all the – there's so much effort involved in it that I don't have the I don't have the time to invent the commitment to really be good at it again. Now, um, people say they're comedians and they did like, you know, five open mics, but you were actually touring. I mean, you went, you did like a lot of USO. How many USO tours did you do? Um, I did three. I did tours through uh, the Balkans, Bosnia, Kosovo, all of that. Um, I did South Korea. I did Afghanistan, Kyrgyzstan. So those are some random places. (laughs) Give me a favorite story from a USO tour. One of the the coolest things you did on the... Oh, one of the cool, um, gosh, I loved, first of all, let me just say, I loved performing for the military. It was such a different experience when you perform in comedy clubs. They're like, oh yeah, that was so funny. Ha ha. In the military, they're like, oh my God, we appreciate you so much. And they were just very, they just really enjoyed it. Um, I do have a lot of stories on those. Um, but as far as like cool things I got to do, one thing like in one place, oh, I got a couple. So one they let us get into tanks. They let me get into a tank and I got to rotate the turret, which is the top of the tank. So I'm going around in circles in a, in a tank. So that's kind of cool. Another, they pulled, Oh, they let me drive, um, a Humvee. And then we pull over in Afghanistan and there's, um, they put up a Pepsi can and they gave me, what is an M4? like an automatic, semi-automatic machine gun. Okay. And I'm like, I like pow, pow. And I like hit it like a first, I like three shots. I have it all on video. Like I just hit this thing like crazy and I'm very (laughs) anti-gun, but it was really fun. But very good at it. Anti, but very skilled. Very apparent. Deadly. And, um. Were you ever close to action? Like, uh, did you ever hear any bombs or anything like that? The closest was, um, so different tours, you travel different ways. In, in the Balkans, you would travel 
in helicopters to your shows, which is a pretty cool way to arrive. <laughs> um, in Afghanistan, we were riding um, up armored Humvees, and and it was kind of it was kind of amazing. Sometimes you'd have you'd have like a tank in front of you and a tank behind you, all for you. You feel very important. <laughs> But well, you're a VIP. We are. They do treat you really well. And um, so one trip that, yeah, they were warning us to look out for, like, it was a Toyota Corolla that they thought was, um, oh, what's, I, ISIS? I was going to say an IUD. It, an IED? IED, IED. I, and yeah, something, what is that? Like with a bomb in it's it an or whatever. Explosive device. Yeah. No. <laughs> Watch out for the IUD. Watch out for the IUD. Just, if you're trying to get pregnant. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, yeah, there was no other danger. Well, you're lucky. I mean, that I know of. <laughs> what was it like seeing places in the Middle East that we've all read about and that you know, I've never been to Afghanistan or anything like that? I mean, what was the, what does it look like? I mean, what does the terrain look like? What is the, what are the people like? Um, huh, they're all a little different. So, well, the first one I did, when I did Bosnia and Kosovo, this is very soon, like, like after the war so you're just seeing after the war started um yeah so after you'd see all these um buildings just with bullet holes all over them and and then people would tell you oh well that was a mass grave right next to where you're sleeping or so there's a lot of things like that um and then in afghanistan there's a lot of mud it's all i mean there's just mud walls and mud and um just a very different terrain is any, did anything surprise you that was, like, more attractive than you thought it would be? Like, well, this is actually a pretty country. In the Balkans, I did. In Afghanistan, I don't think I thought... Anything. What's Kyrgyzstan like? Kyrgyzstan, I got trapped in Kyrgyzstan. That I wasn't supposed to stay there. It was supposed to be just, like, um, in between flights between Afghanistan to Kyrgyzstan. Oh, I just remember something really cool. Oh, okay. I'll tell you that in a minute. Um but so what happened was we were supposed to stay overnight, and there's another comic. Oh, I, I'm not even going to go into this whole story. But you can't always get flights out in the military. It's kind of like uh, the way things run is they take people on priority who needs to go. So I would sign up each day to get a flight out of Kyrgyzstan, and they'd be like, no, we don't have a flight. And so I had to wait. Like I got stuck there for like five days. I just, each day I just had to wait and see, and it was just like cold and kind of miserable and um, – What'd you do? Um, they did have alcohol on that base. <laughs> oh, no, but you could only have two a day. So I suppose I had two drinks a There's day. There's a two-drink limit? There's a two-drink minimum yeah, and, or two maximum? maximum. Two-drink maximum. Yeah. So I'm, I didn't do anything. I just walked around the base and I didn't do anything. I met, I, you know what, I would meet a lot of soldiers. Right. And they, always, they actually have really good food on the bases. So I, yeah, so wow. I probably yeah. did that. Um, no, I was thinking about this other fun thing because this was on the way in between. You fly from Germany to Afghanistan, and this is one of the coolest things ever. We did um, an in-air refueling. So first of all, they fly you on a C-130. Or was that? Was it? Anyway, this plane. It's like one of the largest planes in the world. And then they read the manifest, and they're like, passengers, two. So you're like, this is a private plane for two <laughs> that has a helicopter or three in the back. Like that's how oh, wow. it's one of those. Um, it's a cargo, cargo plane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you don't even have a seat. You have like you just like I'm sleeping on the ground or whatever. It was very random. But so anyway, the in air, uh, the mid air refueling is when because it's it takes it's too difficult to land the plane. So what they do is they take another plane 
They fly it over oh, yeah. your the big, plane. like, the straw there. Yes. Yeah. So you're like... 30 feet away from this other plane, you can see this guy who's, he's in the bottom of the plane and you're like, so they let us go into the cockpit for this. Wow. So I'm sitting and I have pictures and I'm like waving to this guy inside the cockpit as they attach the thing and you just stay like this for a little while and you refuel. And it's like, it's like they're mating. How bizarre to be that close to a plane (laughs) while you're both flying. That was incredible. That was yeah, one of the. I've seen best. videos of that, but I'm, I can't imagine what it's like. It is one of the. That was one of the coolest. Like, <laughs> whoa, this is bizarre. Anyway. So when did this? When did your old passion for travel start? I mean, did it? Was it a young age? Did your Did your family travel a lot, or was this just something you picked up later in life? Our family traveled. I think we went on our first camping trip when I was like eight weeks old. Um, so we were like the camper. We, when I was um, 11, we traveled around the country for a summer. So I really got to the country. Loved that. Um, then I was, as a teenager, I was in a youth group and um, I was a state officer. So I traveled all around, all around California. I've covered that. And then when I was 19, I was like, oh, I'm going to move to Hawaii for a summer. Um, I didn't know anybody. I'm just like, I'm just, I want to go there. And I did it. And that, yeah, so ever since then I... Well, you went to school in Hawaii, right? Well, so originally it was just for a summer, and then okay. I came back, and I'm like, I really want to live there. So I transferred and finished college, University of Hawaii, go rainbows. <laughs> so. so I consider you a bit of a uh, Hawaii expert. Give us uh, a place to go in Hawaii that maybe tourists haven't heard about, and that's kind of a secret thing that you, you know, don't ruin it, but, you know... What is uh, an underserved place in Hawaii that people should know about? Kailua Beach is one of the most gorgeous beaches anywhere. That's in, on Oahu. Yes, it's on the... Um, God, now I can't remember my windward Mauka or my uh, <laughs> leeward windward side. And um, anyway, it's Kailua. It, it's, um, it's like just beautiful, like the softest sand beaches. It's, it's, it's often on these lists of like, the best mm-hmm. and um yeah like one time i just remember going out there and going windsurfing or i was taking classes in windsurfing there's nobody out there and i just see like sea turtles and you know and you could just see 10 feet into the water absolutely gorgeous that's a beautiful place so going to college in uh, hawaii how uh, much did you study <laughs> and how much did you retain um i retained nothing <laughs> I was a journalism major right before the internet really took off. So everything was pretty much obsolete by the time I graduated. (laughs) And it was the University of Hawaii. I pretty much just chose it because it was close to the beach. (laughs) But I still have great friends from that time. I mean, it it was a fun place to live at that age. But I was not at all involved in school, which makes me a little sad. Mm -hmm. But... What was the most difficult part about living in Hawaii? Focusing <laughs> on school. Well, yeah, aside no, from that. No, well, obviously the cost of living, it was yeah. ridiculous. So I was working, okay, so I was going to school full time. I had a bar job. I was um, assistant producer at a TV news station and assistant editor at a magazine. Like I was just go, 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 go. And that's, I think, why I'm not very ambitious today like i just you burned, oh, out? burned out very early and i'm like i don't need to do that much yeah but you're doing your own business which is not easy and that takes ambition as well i mean you're and focus because you have to have some self-discipline to to make all your product and ship it and do everything like that 
and then forget about it while you're here with me and in the Algarve. Yes and no. It's more like that's sort of a passion and it excites me, so I, I like doing it. It's not really like um it's not really um ambition though that drives me. Like I don't I'm not ambitious for the sake of just success. Just like money. Right, but I, I do things because oh I really like it, and then I'll put I'll put one hundred and fifty percent into something if I like it, even if it's not going to make me any money, which is what I did for a long time in other <laughs> pursuits that did not fare too well. How are you handling Phoenix, and uh, what should we know about Phoenix that maybe we don't already know? Yeah. Well, the fact that I get out of Phoenix five months out of the year is kind of a, a clue to how much I love Phoenix. It's well, the not summer, really... you just got to get out. I mean, the summer is brutal. I actually spent all of the summer there. That's what was... Well, you, nobody, was... you can't rent it, right? Because nobody wants to go I there in the summer. last year, and it immediately made me suspicious of the people renting it. Like, yeah. who wants to rent my house in the summer? You want to pay me money to live in Phoenix? It did make me a little nervous. Um, but yeah... I, it doesn't really appeal to me. It's very beige. I like a lot of green. <laughs> yeah. I like a lot of colors. So, um, you know, it's a nice place to have, to store my stuff, but I do like to visit other places. Any tips for anybody who wants to be an Airbnb host that you could tell them? Any advice? Um, well, if you want to use that as a way to travel more, I would absolutely, you have to look into, is this a place where season, people live seasonally? Like, do you have the, um, the snowbirds or whatever, anything where people are going to rent it for a month or two, that's the ideal situation. Even if it doesn't seem like it's the greatest area, like nobody would have expected that my area is a great place to rent, but there's just a lot of things going on. There aren't a lot of hotels, so people will rent for a month or two, so... And you have somebody helping you out, like looking after the place while you're gone? Uh, no. Okay. And finding good work is v- good. Help. Help is very difficult. Um, I've, there's certain things that I've tried to automate. I have like, you know, I have a keyless lock on the front door so they can get in. I have like Wi-Fi thermostat. I, you know what I mean? I try and eliminate, I don't know, the need to have others involved, but. Yeah, I just kind of have to rely on people I pay. <laughs> or hope that the people that stay there don't completely, you know, mess up my house. Now, you, you said you went to uh, Southeast Asia, and you loved that, and you're also a big fan of Europe. If you had to choose one or the other, do you uh, have a preference? Ah, I am loving the Algarve. Mm-hmm. So we're here, what, end of September, um, now October 1st. Um, still hot, still beautiful. Not hot. It is perfect. Yeah. It is like, it is that perfect temperature, perfect breeze. Uh, so I'm a big fan of the Algarve, and I would seriously consider coming back to live here for like a month or so um, in September. I mean, it is so absolutely gorgeous. Oh, my goodness. Some of the most beautiful beaches. I always say the most beautiful coastlines I've ever seen are the Algarve, and um, Thailand has really gorgeous coastlines. Um but then there's also, okay, there's other elements. I like the, pe- you know, which people do I want to interact with? I loved the Italian lifestyle. I loved Italian people. Um, I find Spain is very similar. So those are definitely places I would like to spend more time. Where are some of the places in Spain that have really impressed you? I have really liked the small towns that I was not expecting to visit that um, I've been kind of winging on on this trip where I like book the next night's stay, you know, <laughs> I, it, it's been really last minute. And so there was one time, 
um, uh, where like everything seemed to be, everything in Southern Spain seemed to be booked. And I found this kind of cool place up in the mountains and I booked that and it ended up being this just really cute, authentic Spanish town. I absolutely loved it. And I can't think of the name. Capetas, Campetas, I think. Mm-hmm. And then another one um, driving through um, Sentinel de las Bodegas. And it's this old town where half the town is built into the rock. Oh, wow. It's like, so, so you go into these um, stores and their back wall is, um, it's rock. You know, it's, it's literally in a cave. And this is like natural um, climate control. And one of the cool things about it, well, ugh, first of all, so... Okay, Google is trying to kill me. Google Maps is trying to kill me and sends me places she's not supposed to. And in this particular town, she took me and I ended up at, she took me the wrong way and had me driving through this center of town on these tiny little streets that make like these crazy 90 degree turns and they're so tiny. And then my car has, my rental car has like, um, the um, the beepers on the side, you know, the alerts if yeah, you're too yeah. close. And so it spends, yeah, so it spends the whole time like beeping at me as if I don't have enough pressure as I'm trying. <laughs> like people are pressed against walls so I can go through and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, um, but so it was full of people in the daytime. This is one of those places that people drive to for the day. At night, there were no tourists. I was the only tourist there, and I was there for a couple of nights. And I love that. I love being <laughs> surrounded by locals, just really seeing like the local experience. So, I really like that. How did you get involved with uh, the elephants in Thailand? Did you just hear about it, or from a friend, or did you just read about it somewhere? Oh, I have a whole story on elephants, but that would take. <laughs> I have a. I got chased by an elephant on the streets of Honolulu. Well, okay. Was there a circus in town? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, but it was on this. It, the elephant was not supposed to be out of the circus. It's okay. a whole story. So but I, mean, I can't even let, that would like make this like a three hour show. <laughs> okay. It's a great story though. So anyway, so I have, um, a history of an appreciation for elephants that go back 20, <laughs> this was 20 years ago. And, um, and so, you know, with the internet and the more I was seeing these memes and I kept seeing like all these great things that were happening with elephants and they were all with elephant nature parks. So, so I was looking into the elephants and actually my whole Southeast Asia trip was hinging upon whether or not I could book a spot at elephant nature park as a volunteer. So you book for a week and it fills up months in advance. So at the time that I wanted to go, it was all full. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go all the way to Thailand if I can't do this trip. And then I kept like refreshing the calendar every day. And then there was like a fallout. <laughs> so I bought the volunteer slot before I even had a plane ticket. I'm just like, somehow I'm, I'm getting there. I'm doing this. And it was so completely worth it. Right. Not only because the elephants, I met some fantastic people that I'm still like, you know, we keep in touch on Facebook and it was just a, oh, it was just such a great experience. And I actually hope to do it again. Well, having seen, you know, how they use the elephants and everything all throughout Thailand and Asia and stuff like that, there's all these uh, ways you can ride the elephant. Is is that a bad thing? I mean, should we, what should we stay away from there? Is there something that's animal friendly that we can do with the elephants or should we just never get on their back? Basically with all animals, if they're being ridden, or if they're being used for entertainment purposes, it's a bad thing. Like, so you and I, we did like a, um, a boat tour the other day that had, um, dolphin watching. And I actually was feeling really bad. Like, 
you know, here we are crowding up on the dolphins and they're going under the boat and I don't know what affects us. I don't think this is good for them. So I didn't really feel good about it. I mean, I don't think it's as bad as some of the other things. With elephants, any elephant that's entertaining, they, they do this process called the pajan, and they brutalize these elephants. You can Google it. It is horrible. If you see what these elephants have been through, you would never, again, want to watch them paint a drawing or play soccer, or you wouldn't want to ride them because it's so... I'm seriously like about to break down and cry. It's so horrible. Um and the same goes for other animals. Like if you go to Morocco, I thought about, oh, riding a camel. No, these animals are brutalized. And it's like, I just think when it comes to entertainment, we have plenty of entertainment options and we don't need to, um, we don't need to hurt the animals. I noticed that uh, on this trip that you don't eat uh, fish, which can make uh, islands <laughs> a little difficult. How did you survive in Hawaii with no fish? I, no poke, no poke for you. I tried. I had a little poke, let me tell you. <laughs> hey, hello. <laughs> I, you know, I try it here and there. I just, my taste buds do not like seafood. And um, I've seen what they do like, a mountain of salt <laughs> on everything. Folks, if you saw her salt her food... You would be amazed. It's, I don't know how you don't just pucker up. And Do you have any liquid in your body? Is it- I Well, I am pretty dried up, I guess. Wait, wait. <laughs> hey. I- <laughs> you realize how crazy it looks to watch you salt your food that much. I do. And you know what? Now I just think you're jealous. <laughs> because I'm at an age where I have very low blood pressure. I can handle the salt. So you know what? I like the salt. But yes, I've had a lifetime of people um, giving me crap about it. So I don't care. But yes, I think people are just jealous at this point. Any uh, crazy food stories? you ever eaten anything like really bizarre in some foreign country? I will try things. I actually kind of wanted to in Siem Reap and they've got him in uh, Cambodia. And they've the got, you know, they've got all the insects, the like chocolate scorpion or whatever. And I kind of wanted to do that, but... I, nobody else wanted to do it, and it's it's more it's one of those things that it's like you know. Do it in a group. I'm selfie, you know, doing a selfie of me eating. It's just you know what I mean. It's like a team fun. It's fun when you've got somebody else to do it with. So I didn't. Um, what's the weirdest thing? I had an oyster. Uh, oysters not bizarre. Well, if you don't like seafood, I guess to it is. To me, that was pretty weird. Uh, um, yeah, well, the texture is weird for I, most people. Yeah, I'll try. I do like um, escargot though, so that's weird. Oh, that yeah, okay. I know that's weird. And um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not really well, all a garlic. Foodie. That's why you. like Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm not really a foodie. That's not my priority. Okay. I don't take pictures of my food. I don't. Um, I don't really talk about the food. I know you're a fan of the iced coffee, which you haven't been able to get this entire time. It's been breaking your heart. <laughs> this has been... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we've... Uh, yeah, I keep talking. He comes in the morning. I'm, I'm a late sleeper, and so yeah. he goes out, and he has to get Wi-Fi somewhere, yeah, so he so does it. Up. And then he comes back with coffee that he... And I'm like, oh, I'd like... I want some coffee. And then I never get coffee. And then <laughs> there was just been a lot of discussion about coffee. And then I'll, you know, I'll go ahead and plug it. My friend, we have a mutual friend, Henry Phillips. He has a show. Oh, yeah. It's called You and Your Fucking Coffee. <laughs> yeah. So we've just spent the whole We're week. doing that the whole time. Going, you and, and you Henry are. Phillips and, and your, your fucking, fucking coffee. coffee. <laughs> so, and I, I actually, 
he actually texted me this morning and mentioned oh, he, he was at the coffee shop. And so I was like, I'm oh, there. Right. And I meant it to, no, you did. Oh yeah, I did. Okay. And I, I'm He's like, like I'm, you can yeah, say sorry, you, I'm, sorry. I'm sitting right here. Sorry, Mike. Refer to me in the third person. Like, please. <laughs> Senor Siegel. So I did get down there and I got some, I got a cappuccino. <laughs> Which you and your fucking, he doesn't, I'm sure he doesn't like it. Cause now he's come up with new material <laughs> yeah. because it's been a, it's been a good laugh all week. Well, I've gotten, I know you're adventurous, if, if not so much for food, but you are adventurous. I saw you do your uh, bungee jump. I witnessed that and filmed it, and it, looked, it was amazing. And you hit the water pretty hard. I mean, what was that like? How did the, you've been waiting to do that for a while, haven't you? That was a big one to check off the bucket list. And you did a great job um, photographing. Thank you very way. much. I'm in show business. The uh, the laughing part. It was like my, I I jump off. It's like this tiny little there's a crane. A, yeah. yeah, but there isn't much room. You're be t- between two docks it's not very far yeah. apart like when i looked down i was like oh maybe that's not a good idea you had to hit a target these guys were like carny types they had like <laughs> two teeth more than a your average oh carny. come on this was a studly kiwi so one was south african and one was span spanish okay south african i thought he was a kiwi <laughs> no so um but so yeah so i jump and and i said i wanted the water touch and i thought maybe my hands would touch so did i so, so by the time I'm, so you start out, you're, you face forward and you just fall forward. But so by the time my body was actually face down, my head was halfway in the water and it just smacked it. And it's very funny on the video because you just hear Mike cracking up when my face <laughs> smacks the water. And then I'm like bouncing around like one of those wacky air things yeah, at the inflatable arm guys or whatever, whatever they're called. The wavy arm guys. The used car lot. <laughs> so, and again, you hear him laughing. You oh, can hear me cackling too. Yeah, it was, that was cool. Yeah, so it was great to check that off the bucket list in such a great location as the Algarve. Well, let's talk about your bucket list. What's left on there? There is not much. Wow, I've just done the Travel Tales podcast. So yeah, that's. Well, oof, wow. You've been I, waiting a long time. Let's check that one off. Um, I've covered a lot of um, big things. I want to do shark, you know, get in a tank with um, sharks. Um, you mean a cage? Get in a cage? Yeah, what I said, a tank? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's very adventurous. Yeah, just, you go to SeaWorld and sea World uh, jump with the in. Shark. Um, uh, gosh, what else is there? Sky, you've been skydiving. You've I've already been, done it. I've done okay. the skydiving. I almost did that here again. Um, How about your dream countries that you haven't been to? Oh, gosh. Well, I, I have a lot. I have continents. Now, I haven't even been to South Africa or I'm sorry, or that's all a, of Africa. I have not been to Africa or South America. We di- we're doing this after a couple of drinks, so <laughs> if I'm slurring a little bit, that's well, you got two big continents to go. So those are two big. Yes. Um, uh, what other countries? You would love Brazil. Just drop you know, like it's your kind of vibe. I think. I think I, I think I would. So yeah, I think um, my next one will probably be South America, maybe Chile. Like I, I've become a real big fan of. Um, Whitewater rafting, oh, and I want to do like the level five. Like I, I like the, yeah, and so I think South Africa or gosh, South America. <laughs> I think that would be fun. Well, South Africa would be good too. Can I flip it around and ask you a couple questions? Yeah, ask me. Okay, so Mike and I, we especially in the Algarve, and we're driving around all these like 
really cool homes and we're just like, oh my gosh, how great would it be to live here? So <laughs> if you, so Mike, you've been like, how many countries have you been to? <laughs> I think it's around 80 right now. Oh my God, that's insane. <laughs> um, if you could, if you could l- buy a house anywhere, where would you have, like you, you know, you're like, you could have yeah. prime real estate anywhere you wanted. What would be your top choice? Well, I don't know. I'm much, I'm much more of a city guy than you. Okay. And I probably would do if just, but it's hard to pick one city again. Um, boy, now. Uh, but I am a beach person, probably more than a mountain person. But I like access to all of it, which is probably why I like California. Answer the question, you're um, a terrible <laughs> interview. I'll tell you where. You're only you know where? Thousand Oaks, questions. California. That's, That's where I would. Great town. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Uh, no, I like, um, it might be somewhere around here, like Italy or, uh, Spain, somewhere like that. Now, why? Food. Um, food's a big part of it. People, um, culture, language? Um, the culture, the history, the, um, yeah, the people, and also the access to so many other places. I like Europe for that reason. I mean, you're an 11 hour flight from just about anywhere in the world right. other than Hawaii and Australia, but really they have a... You know, living in, in California is really hard if you like to travel because you're so far away from everything. You know, the time change alone is brutal. <laughs> so it's just like there's this such advantage. It's like, yeah, let's take a weekend and go to Africa. You know, the, that's right. what they can do here. And just the, the, just access to so much stuff and different cultures in just a short distance. So I do like that. And I, w- I would like to live in Europe at some point. Um, maybe sooner than later. <laughs> Who knows? And you're here. I mean, you seem to be uh, digging it. Where would you go? Possibly the Algarve. Yeah. <laughs> I really like it here. It is amazing. But And then my second would probably be somewhere in Italy. Really loved spending time in Italy. You wouldn't get a house in Hawaii if you had, oh. could do it all? Wow. Ooh, if you could afford it, if God. money was no object? So you're saying, yeah. If, oh, gosh. I loved living in Hawaii, and the expense was one of the biggest problems. That's a possibility. Yeah. And I saw. So we need multiple homes. Exactly. And you already have those. That's what you're doing. Go fund me so we can buy like homes and cool places. Or, you know, you, you get the. Or uh, Oh, we get the house. We all chip in for the house in uh, Hawaii, and then we Airbnb it when we're not using it. Absolutely. Do you have like one million, and I'll put in a million? It's you know, just that easy. Yeah. Can we do a Kickstarter for something like this? <laughs> what about? I mean, is there a? I've not been to the Big Island, and I've only been to Kauai for a day. I mean, are any of these islands uh, that you like? I mean, I know you were like mostly based in Oahu, but did you see them all? Um, I saw the four biggest islands. Um, they're completely different personalities. So it would be if you want more of the city life, you go to Oahu. If you want a little city, a little more, um, you know, the, the beauty, then maybe Maui is a good mid place. That's a good family place. Kauai is absolutely gorgeous, but we're talking everything closes at 9 p.m. It's, yeah. Um, and then the big island... The Big Island has some interesting features too. It's got like the black sand beaches and the yeah, volcanoes. I want, the, I want to see the volcanoes again. It's a, it's a that's a kind of a rural place too. So after you go back after this trip, you're going to be here for a month. Where's your next trip? 
Do you have it planned yet, or is it still in the in the works? I have booked my house for at least a month in um, during spring training, so that'll be March. So again, it's going to be warm weather. So I'm thinking South America. Um, I'd like um, Chile for like maybe the uh, white water rafting or Peru because everybody's got to go to Machu Picchu and blah 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 blah. blah. Chile could be a little chilly for you. Could Chile? I mean, <laughs> and I'm not being facetious. It could be. You know, I know. Is it uh, Chile? Chile, that time of, of year, the world. it could be, you know, it's, it's their, it's uh, fall. Long? Yeah. No, but it's, it's their summer, isn't it? In, in February, March. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the end of their summer. Oh, maybe I got to look into that. Okay. Otherwise it depends I'd... on the time you go. I mean, it could, it could be nice. It could be, but if you go, the, the more South you go toward Patagonia is chilly. I was just in Patagonia in, uh, February and is that it was where you saw penguins. Wait. Yeah. That's where I met the ship for Antarctica. Okay. Yeah. Um, another option Beautiful. I'd like to do, um, the, I'd like to volunteer with elephants again. They have a few places in Southeast Asia. So they have like one now in Phuket. So um, I'd like to do that again um, and spend some time in some of the places that I didn't get to spend much time in. Loved Singapore. So that's an option. Mm-hmm. So finally, what do you think all this travel has taught you uh, about yourself and about people in general and about maybe America and how we're perceived and all that stuff? Okay, well, there's several answers in there. Okay, so as far as how Americans are perceived, it's pretty obvious to me that we're perceived based on our leader. Yeah. I mean, I'm being honest. I mean, um, well, first of all, most people you meet who are travelers, who are not on a tour or on a cruise, people who are out in the streets, they tend to um, lean a little more liberal. So, yeah, so they, when, you know... There were harsh words kind of for Bush. Then they absolutely loved Obama. And now they're downright scared about Trump. So <laughs> that's the, their thoughts about America as a whole. But personally, people are always very nice. I have not had bad experiences. Um, as for what travel has taught me... Um, what about as a woman traveling, especially traveling alone? And what do you tell other women who are maybe nervous about doing it? Part of me wants to say, just go for it and do it. Then, But part of me also thinks, if you're really nervous, maybe it isn't right for you. Like, I hate to say that, but I think maybe the kind of person who's meant to travel on their own kind of already just knows it and does it. I don't know. Like, I, I would hate to say someone to do it. if you're Because, you, you know, when you're nervous and you hesitate about things, that's when things tend to go wrong. So, um you know, there's there's actually, I'm on a Facebook group. Uh, it, there's this huge one. It's called Girls Love Travel. There's like 250,000 members. And then they have all these offshoots. So they have some for women over 35. They have some for parents. For So all these other women that can speak to other women to, you know, kind of share stories or say, hey, um, you know, just get information. Um, but I would say, I guess it's taught me, though, that a lot of people are very scared to do things on their own. And more important, this is so sad is they're so concerned about what other people think. Like the idea that people won't eat alone because, Oh, what will people think about me? Who cares? Stop, (laughs) stop trying to be a mind reader. Like I don't care if I'm not hurting anybody or interfering, then it doesn't matter what someone thinks about me. I'm having a good time and, or I'm trying to have a good time. And the only feelings you're hurting in the restaurant is the chef who's watching you douse his food (laughs) in salt. Yeah, my medium well steak with salt <laughs> as he cries. So, well, how are you a different person from that 
young woman who didn't really travel as much and never really left the country before. And how are you a different person now? Um, how has it changed you? I mean, has it? God, I've been the same person since I was six. I'm serious. <laughs> and anybody who knows me would be like, yeah, that's about right. Um, I mean, I think you can't help but be more empathetic. You see how other people, you realize how fortunate you are, no matter how little you think you have, and you realize how the rest of the world lives, and you go, wow, we are very fortunate. I'm, I feel also very fortunate. I've had great health. Um, yeah, so those things really sink in. So, And so I try and in when it comes to... Um, my beliefs or the things I support. Um, I try and support being empathetic toward people who are struggling more than I am. That's great. Um, and finally, we'll give you one last plug of uh, your, your, uh, your shawl. Not shawl. Zichi. Spell it and uh, give us the website and any kind of sites. And you're also on Instagram and Facebook, aren't you? <laughs> I logged on to Instagram today for the first time in a year, so I don't know if hey, I'm I trying to build up your on, uh, yeah. Audience you here. know what? I don't have time. I'm so busy sewing. I don't have time to be on Instagram. Um, but so yeah, Zichi Z I I C I dot com, and or you could just search Amazon for Zichi. And um, oh, I should do a promo. Shoot, okay. I don't have one. Okay. I'll have to create it later, and I don't have Wi-Fi, <laughs> so oh, we can't do. Um, may, um, okay, how about maybe you'll get twenty um, percent off with the code Travel Tales. I like it. Thank you. Or, or we'll do twenty percent off with you and your fucking you and coffee. your fucking coffee. I don't know if I can make a code that long <laughs> or that vulgar. <laughs> You heard it here, folks. Come here for all the deals and uh, <laughs> just go here, QVC, home shopping. Um, thanks for doing this. And thank you for uh, driving all week. I know you rented a car. And thanks for being my navigator. Sure. When, um, Google, when Google failed. Or when she couldn't pronounce. <laughs> what were some of her favorite pronunciations? Oh, my God. Um, just the worst. Avenida de Liberdade. <laughs> and she's, she is the worst Spanish oh, accent. Sorry. Terrible. And she sends me down the wrong way. Portuguese. Down, the worst street. Portuguese accent. Really. What's your favorite Portuguese word, by the way? Oh. Wow. <laughs> I love that name. Say it right. No, that's how I'm always going to say it. It's Jo? It's Jo. It's Joe with a Wo. Nope. Jo. Jo. All right. We're going to go. Sorry. Okay. We're going to go. And uh, thank you for doing this. And it's great to see you as always. You too. It was great. Thanks for having me on. I loved it. Now go get your fucking coffee. (laughs)